Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. We have with us returning guest, Selena Shia, the, the president of the Austin Myths Association. Welcome back to the show, Selena. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, well glad you'd be back. Um, we wanted to have you on to talk about some updates with EMS. Um, I think the last, last time we spoke was, oh, it might have been about a year ago. It was right after the, right about, actually about this time last year when we had our, you know, our winter crisis, crises with the winter storm, Uri. And, um, and obviously a lot's happened post-storm. Some would say not as much as should have happened at the state level. But we'll talk about what's going on with EMS as we come in or as we're entering or coming into 2022 um, from the staff, how are folks on the ground feeling? We got through, you know, we didn't have the same kind of storm we thought we'd have uh, as we had last year thus far. Um, but what, what's going on? We know we got a new chief um, in, and I know he hasn't taken, he hasn't been, hasn't been, he hasn't, he hasn't started officially yet, but that's happened. And yeah, so I just want to get, get a state of EMS, the state of EMS from you. Yeah. Um, so council is going to confirm. Um, Rob Lukritz and vote on him tomorrow. Um, that's at the Thursday, February 17th um, city council meeting. And um, we're really excited to have him. He has a really strong background. Um, he actually has a bachelor's degree in EMS management. Um, he also has his JD and he's run um, uh, a really large EMS agency that's actually housed within a hospital system. Um, and they felt like he did such a good job. They actually promoted him to vice president of the hospital system. And so I think it's a really good um, direction for our department to go in, um, bringing in somebody who does have a lot of um, healthcare experience, because I think what we're realizing is that um, the more that we can integrate with our healthcare system, the more that um, we can really serve people where their needs are and really make sure people get the continuity of care um, and also the appropriate care. Um, we really know that a lot of times the best place for people to go when they call 911 is not actually the ER, but oftentimes it's primary care, it's a dialysis clinic. Um, and so we're trying to be a little bit more flexible and figuring out what people actually need. And by moving us closer to the healthcare system um, in Austin, I think we can do a lot for this community. Um, so I'm really excited to have him if council confirms him and his start date would be March um, 17th. So that would be uh, right during South by. So he'll get to see that aspect of EMS too, which I'm really excited about. Um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're very looking forward to um, having him. Um, and outside of that, I think our biggest focus, um, there are a few things. One of them is um, we are still waiting to get our contract finalized. Um, so basically, yeah, so um, every four or five years, uh, we work with the city of Austin and negotiate a contract that dictates our pay for the next four to five years. Obviously, things have changed so much since the pandemic and healthcare has changed so much. And we know that wages have really changed. Um, nurses um, have been getting, you know, 100% raises basically. Um, and so it's actually driven hospitals and other organizations to hire paramedics um, to take up uh, the slack because nurses have become so expensive. And so that's also um, whittling down the pool for Austin Travis County EMS. And so we really need to get a competitive wage for our medics and paramedics. 
Um, and we also need to start hiring directly into paramedics. And so these are some of the things that we're working on. Um, and um, we seem a little stalled right now, but we are really hopeful that um, the city will kick back up negotiations. We basically are having a one month pause until we hear more um, from the city manager's office. So we're really looking forward to getting started again. And every day that we don't have a contract signed is making our staffing crisis worse and worse. Um, we're 20% down right now, and that's worse that. than any other public safety department. Um, and things are not going to get better until um, people have hope of better wages, until people know that um, we might be able to attract really qualified paramedics um, who can come in right at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're really excited, um, but we, we do need to start really working um, on, on our contract again. Some follow up. So, twenty percent. What does that mean? Like in actual, you know, approximate numbers. Um, what is that? That that staffing yeah. goal for you for for medics? Yeah, it's we're we're about one hundred thirty medics short. Out of and then what what would I mean in a quote unquote perfect world? What would what would fully staffed look like for EMS? Six hundred forty four medics. Mm-hmm. With those one hundred thirty, with that that gap, um, just how? What's you know how how is that being felt on the day to day level with the, with uh with your for your members? Yeah, one thing that we're really concerned about is um, our department has been requiring double the amount of overtime. Um, they have fortunately stopped that practice, and instead of um, having more mandatory overtime, they've incentivized um, people to pick up overtime. And so that has been working out really well, but basically we're just asking our medics to work, you know, 72 hours a week right now. And it's really hard on them. And there's going to become a time when our medics just can't do that much overtime. Um, and so we're, we're really trying to hire more people as quickly as possible, but we can't even fill these classes because the wages are so bad that um, people don't want to come work here. Who are y'all, I mean, who are y'all competing with, uh, department wise is like is it with the surrounding metros or just other you know hospitals and private private uh services as well or where, what seems to be the top two biggest magnets are drawing away uh well aj there's a mcdonald's down the street from an ems station that's starting at the same wage as our medics what is that wage 19 dollars an hour mm-hmm. and so there's literally a mcdonald's that is advertising the same wage And it's not that, um, it's really just folks have to think about the risk that they take being an EMS um, and the potential bringing COVID home to their family, um, the stress of doing a job like EMS. We have really high injury rates. um, And so people have to think about those things. Um, So when you ask like, what are competition? It's McDonald's, it's Walmart. when you look at the healthcare field, Williamson County, um, they have a much slower system. They have actually enough ambulances for their system. Um, we can't have enough ambulances for our system because we can't hire enough people. Um, and in Houston, their market um, is also driving up wages. And so you have a lot of places that are promising no mandatory overtime um, and that have really, really competitive wages. Um, Back in Austin, you have places like Tesla um, or Amazon. You can be a EMT basic um, on the factory floor watching over 
the factory and make um, $25 an hour as opposed to $19 an hour um, and face much less risk than you do working 911. Um, the city of Austin is also hiring EMT basics for $25 an hour to work in their pro lodges, mm-hmm. um, but they won't pay their 911 medics the same. That's interesting. What, I mean, is there any kind of rationale you have about that or have been told anything about that? The city of Austin situation? Yeah, with the pro lodges. Nope, I have not. The pro lodges as background or that's kind of the designated um, uh, shelter for folks for for folks who are experiencing homelessness? Yeah, um, it's for people who either need to isolate from their family and um, they don't have a large enough um, house or people who have COVID and need to isolate from their family, or it's for vulnerable people. Um, so it really does do a lot of different things. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, something to check into as well. And just what is so? What, what is the wage that ideally the association would want to see for starting medics? Like something competitive, but what is competitive in your mind, in your view? Yeah. is competitive. If we want to lure people away from Amazon, Tesla, Williamson County, that's where we need to start. Got it. Any other, any kind of wants and needs? I know, you know, kind of on the tail end of this, we are fast approaching budget season. It's already underway, but in terms of the public, the public uh, engagement and such, uh, it's around the corner. Uh, Any, any uh, anticipated needs and wants or wants and needs? Yeah, I mean, I think we're really focused on this contract. Um, I think we still need more ambulances, but we couldn't even put that into the contract because, or into the um, into the yearly budgetary request because we really wouldn't be able to staff them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what we're really focused on is. Um, Council Member Alter has been a great champion for um, making sure that, that we have the slack so that our EMS department is never in this situation again. Um, and basically what that means is right now, um, our when we add an ambulance, we add 12 medics per ambulance. And when we um, first started, uh, we were adding about eight medics per ambulance because we were on a really different schedule. And so we need to make sure that every ambulance is staffed at 12 medics per ambulance. And that helps cover sick call overtime or sick call um, vacations, um, injuries, so that our ambulances can still be staffed without requiring people to work overtime and burning them out. And then when we get in a um, really bad situation, like an ice storm um, or COVID, another wave, that we'll be able to have the slack um, and not have to rely on people coming in on their off days to, to fill the trucks. Gotcha. And, you know, last question, as things are opening back up in this year, I mean, have you, what have been the biggest shifts on the ground you've seen or your members have seen um, comparatively to this to, to, to 2021, right? Does that mean more people out and about? Like what were you seeing things that kind of were leveled off or had almost not just weren't occurring as much in 21? Are you seeing kind of a, a, a leveling back to, to pre-COVID times um, on calls you're getting and the types of situations y'all respond to? Yeah, I think that um, we, when we, when we see spikes in the community, we see spikes in EMS calls. Um, and I think we are um, overcoming our Delta wave right now. Um, it's still pretty high in the community. Um, you look at our, um, our stages, we're still not, we're still in stage five, the number of people that are going to the hospital with, Delta, with Omicron. Um, but 
Um, I think you're hearing about it less because it's not as dramatic as it was. It's kind of like we're always just getting used to a new normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's definitely still not pre-COVID, but it is better than the peak of Omicron. Yeah. I was thinking in terms of just those, you know, those, those downtown calls and like kind of the, yeah, particularly with our, oh you know, yeah, that's, oh, oh yeah. Our weekend <laughs> night calls are insane. Back to normal, back to normal. Quote yes. Got yes. you. Yeah. And then any, you know, just with South by look like it's going to happen, it'll, it will occur this year. Um, any, again, we haven't had it for two years in person. So, you know, probably expecting a, you know, a, a a more a, a very popular you know returns. I don't want to say surge, really a popular uh, comeback to that. But just you know, I guess how are y'all are y'all contemplating or already preparing for what that looks like? It's given we've had you know y'all had had two years without that. So kind of any best practices or things that you know we had built up prior to the onset of the pandemic, I'm getting retrained and kind of up to speed on that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, last year with the shootings downtown, we really advocated for having um, geofencing. So basically turning downtown into its own district to respond to calls, because as it is now, we're just sucking in um, neighborhood ambulances to to respond downtown. That's what we do during South By. And so I look forward to seeing that happening. Um, I do think because South By is such a um, national event and an international event, it's not going to be... Um, quite as big as it has been in the years past. Um, I mean, I think I read on this in the Statesman that uh, only 50% of bookings compared to um, 2019. Um, and I, I think a lot of places are just not going to take the chance that there is going to be another wave that it might get canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, UT students and other people, other locals live here. And so they're the ones that are going out on the weekend nights. So our weekend nights are definitely busy. Um, uh, but I don't think that South by is going to be quite the same as it was in years past. Um, but I think that we, uh, the department plans on preparing for it to be the same and having a robust downtown response. Great. Selena, thank you for your time. Selena Shia is the president of the Austin Miss Association.